This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mimergrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. Over there, yes, good. Set that down. Ah, much better. Good, good, good. We've got the good shoot. We got the good scene. I have editing to do, but I have always editing to do. But what I really could use, this has been a hard day. So why doesn't everyone go take a break, go get uh, whatever meal it is your species takes at this particular time? And uh, we'll meet back here in a while. I've uh, I've got editing to do, and you know what? <sighs> I'm feeling very peckish myself. And I think that has a lot to do with a number of factors. Put in a good lot of work, put in a good lot of scene, saw a whole lot of... Um... Oh, yeah. good, you're here, you're here. Good, good, good. Ah, pay no attention, we're breaking for the... Um, well, I guess as you humans say, the dinner break. But, uh, yes, it's been a very good day to be peckish. So much flesh to feast upon. That being said, I suppose you're here not to ask about my flesh. More's to the pity. But you're here to ask about the Talmarie Celestia, yes? Well, I guess we're talking now the remnants of the Talmarie Celestia. Well, maybe. Well... As we saw from last time, our intrepid adventurers managed to get on the shuttle and get down to the planet. There, along with a cadre of others, which included uh, the Drazi Luchador, the Narn Knight, the, uh, the two rangers, and even Shokar of Shokar's Kill, the great restaurateur, for reasons that will become apparent later have all made their way down to the planet where they followed a signal, a almost telepathic signal, the song, to a particular source. When they got there, they found a building that looked less like a structure and more like a mass of biology and teeth and open orifices. And that's just where we find Ty, who had a couple of things to say on the matter. <laughs> yeah, Ty is not here. She's decided not to be involved in this. Ooh, I can't really do anything here. Out of my hands. Well, I believe Ty was like, I have to walk down an esophagus. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> she ain't about that. Okay, so just... Once again, who all is here? I know me and, Mir- and Mirgrat. And I believe uh, Kukusek, the ranger Pakmara. Okay, and Yorni's still back on the ship? So so just the three of us. Yes, currently just the three of you. And again, it says that there's three teams. There's the team in the shuttle, there's the team outside the docking bay, and the team inside the docking bay. And the creature that said, have you come to take me home? Mm-hmm. 
Is that's the one that we see on the picture? Yes. Big also, I believe we're currently thing. inside it. I how are we talking to it if we're inside it? I thought we went up the esophagus and out. If I may be so uh, more descriptive, you went went into an esophagus. That esophagus turned out to be a door in a hallway into a hangar. Inside the hangar is the trilobite, who you have not entered yet, but you have you, you've now found, and it's basically moaning a song. It essentially translates as "Have you come to take me home?" Okay. Do we get any? I know it's just one sentence, and it's an alien. Do we get any sort of emotion attached to that sentence? Give me a sense motive check. Oh, good grief. <laughs> you asked. I am unprepared. 29. I rolled a 19. Well, oh, damn. Nice. So I mean, I'm trying to determine if this is desperation, if this is longing, if this is young, old. I mean, something to give us a starting point to communicate. Okay. Um, the first th feeling that comes across when you think about it is primordial. It is like a child, uh, okay. a very young child asking a question. And is so it's very basic. It's very uh, limited in understanding. You can get that coming across because there's the difference between, hey, have you, are, are we going home to, can, can, can we go home now? Very yeah. different feelings. And that's that latter one is closer to what you have. But it's also the this other equivalent is, have you ever picked up uh, or ever seen a child get picked up from daycare or uh, summer camp? Yes, yeah, I was a camp course. counselor. That sort of, have you come to take me home? Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's that same sort of very primitive saying, you know, you know, have I, have you come to take me to my function? Have you come to okay. assist me in this case? So I'm going to try and respond uh, and say, can you tell me where home is? Let me do something real quick. Is this vocalization or is it? Not how... really. It's kind of more telepathic in a lot of ways. Well, that's what I was wondering. Um, would I have heard it then being Narn? Again, that's the thing. You did hear it. I did. Oh. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm going to tuck that fact away for now. Okay. But I will vocalize like, because I'm not entirely sure it would go both ways. Well, you do like try to speak out loud because that would be yeah. a natural reflex. And you kind of get a huh in return. Hmm. I look at Mirgrap. Uh, Do you think you can maybe communicate with it? Maybe get a picture of how it got here and yeah. where it came from? Yeah. So uh, I am going to... Uh, I'm going to try and communicate telepathically uh, because that seems like um, the... Uh, the best way to... to to do this um 
I'm just going to sort of uh, open open up to it and try to like I, I try to ask it where is home, but like in a telepathic way so that it doesn't um, not understand what I'm saying, I guess. You're kind of using your telepathy to act as a universal translator to get to uh, a very core primordial issue rather than trying to figure out what language it actually speaks. Yes, I want to use the skeleton key. Gotcha. You're, you're going you're going through basic rather than C+. Yes. Gotcha. So I'll need a telepathy check. First. Okay, I will do that. 23. Okay. So you can make contact, and thankfully you have the uh, alien... Uh, it was a feat for uh, uh, alien telepathy. <laughs> brain. I had a brain. Even had more tea. I should be more up on this. But yes, you had the uh, the feat that was uh, alien mind, essentially adaptable mind. Yes. So that makes you better for for uh, telepathy. I'm so, I'm real good at anything having to do with aliens. And you're looking at one, big one. And yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of did the bear is home, and it you could tell that it that it heard it because again it kind of stops its music for a bit. And then it kind of hums back. Don't you know? Uh, is this not my function? No. <laughs> oh dear. Uh. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, shit. Don't don't you know my function? <laughs> Why do I have this? Okay, from that humming noise, is that like a conflict between too cute and oh my god, I'm heartbroken, or is this oh god, what do we what do we do now? Uh, this is oh god, what do we do now? Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, I don't like. Uh, I don't really do children in distress. Um, <laughs> like I can, but like. Ask it where its mother is. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, okay. Uh, I'll keep the same telepathy check, but in that case, give me a quick um, investigation check. I believe that's investigation for interrogation, essentially. It's not your interrogating, but you know what you mean. It's the. Uh, You're trying, trying to draw to answers out. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think that's intrigue to gather information. Uh, must you know? Oh, wait, wait. I believe you're correct. Intrigue. Gather information. Yes, it is. Okay, I'll do the intrigue on that one. Okay, cool. Now, granted, this one's talking about buying drinks and making friends, but eh, close enough for Jess. Oh, oh not so much. Okay, oh, you're five. Listeners, that was a five. <laughs> so it's like, well, where's your mommy? What's a mommy? Yeah. How long has it been here? Can you ask that? Okay. Uh, yes, I can. I I asked that. Do, should I roll separately for that? No, no, this one's fine. Okay. Uh, that's so, a little, so, like, little bit different. It's not going to have a perception of time, though. It's on a planet. The planet's around the sun. The sun moves. 
Maybe it will. Or not the sun moves, but the planet moves. What am I saying? Yeah, it might. Fair enough. Guys, a, a long, long time. Remember also, it's been in this hangar, essentially underground the whole time. Is this hangar pressurized? I mean, it, it, I, it, it, it's it's fine. I mean, again, you it was fully closed because, again, you were the ones who opened the esophagus front to get through it. But other than that, you know, everything else seems to be closed. I'm just wondering, is this normally a planet creature or a space creature? If the hangar is it has an atmosphere, then it needs to stay here. If it can survive in space, we could, you know, easily bring it out. Well, it's, I mean, it's a bioship. I think it's designed to survive in space. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. Well, you wouldn't know that until you did, like, an actual examination of it, but you can try to ask it if you like. Do you remember... I'm, I'm going to ask it. Do you remember coming here? No. All right. I, I turn aside to uh, Mir- Mirgrat and I say, I, I wonder if maybe it was born here. And his parent perished. That is entirely possible. Have you ever seen anything like this or read about anything like this? This is entirely outside my experience. It's fascinating. What about, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Their name. Uh, uh, I forgot uh, their name. Uh, Kupisek. Kupisek, yeah. This is something that I have not encountered before in my travels. I know of bioships from the ancient first ones, but something like this is new. Okay. What do you know of ancient ships? What what were they capable of? I only know what the Mimbari knew about such things. Now we know that the Vorlons had organic technology they put into the White Stars as well as Nimbari technology. They also had their own fleets, which were mostly sentient. The only Nimbari we... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. The only Mimbaru we have is Aparo, right? Uh, correct. That's not helpful. <sighs> hey, it could be worse. It could be Milgram. <laughs> Milgram's dead. Yeah, I know. Uh, he'd be equally useless either way. Uh, not necessarily. What was Milgram's do- uh, purpose before he died? Okay, but if he were alive, we'd have to talk to him. At that's that's your concern. I'm just saying, he, you know, he was a person who worked with the Vorlons. He was a Vorlon carrier and lore keeper for a long time. Yeah, he would actually be more useful. <laughs> All right. One other question. We're on this planet that we had basically scanned and talked to the captain about preparing to have people evacuated, right? Did Mm -hmm. anyone else, to our knowledge, make it on this planet? No, no. This one was deemed to be uninhabitable in the long term, mostly because it doesn't have much in the way of foliage. Oh, lovely. So basically, right now, besides 
the people in the shuttlecraft, the people guarding the door, you guys, and this thing, it's kind of considered a lifeless planet. I mean, there's still life, but it's not enough to stain y'all. Wait, it's been here longer than I can remember. Mirgra, ask it, what has it, it been eating? Okay. I'll ask if you are certain you wish to know the answer. <laughs> okay, here's my thought. Mm-hmm. Let me just, just play this out. We have a ship that doesn't travel far. This is obviously a space-bound creature. It may have been used as a ship in in the past. As Cupisex said, the Vorlons used organic energy. Well, maybe they started with an organic life form and used them as ships. We may be able to strike up an alliance with this creature to move off this planet, but we need to know how it is sustained. I don't want to climb down its esophagus to find out there's not like a grand suite waiting for me, but instead the stomach. I mean, honestly, even if there is a grand suite, it's probably still the stomach. Mm. Oh, this is bad saying that. Yeah, but stomach implies eventually I become the food, and that's not my goal here. (laughs) Hey, I mean, I mean, listen, everyone is food someday. (laughs) By the way, how Pachmara of a statement is that? Uh, 100% Pachmara, I'm fully in character. That is is true, but I don't have to go willingly. So. All right. Mm -hmm. I I think we should learn as much as we can about this creature because it may be able to help us off planet. And in doing so, we may be able to free it. I don't know that we can help it get home. Because we don't know where that is, and, and they don't know where that is. But perhaps we shall be able to deduce that. That is true. But in order to help take care of it, if we are going to travel together, we need to know what sustains it. So do you I ask? shall check! Alright, okay. uh, I'm going to try and, and figure out what it's been eating all this time. Okay, so when you ask essentially what you've been eating... You get this kind of a gobbledygook response, so I'm going to need a knowledge biology. Um, I can do that. Yep. <laughs> Check what modifier is on that. Oh, that's a good modifier. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a good modifier. That's a good mod. Who's a good modifier? <laughs> I mean, it is a good modifier. Holy sh- All right, 32. 32 as a Okay. As it kind of spews this gobbledygook, you kind of take a moment to kind of go, okay, what the hell is it actually saying? And two things you become very aware of. One, it's still connected to its docking clamps. And when you understand when it starts talking about what is essentially mother's milk, you kind of go, what are you talking about? And then you realize one part of the docking clamp is it. It's a feeding vessel. The other thing that comes through is that it's essentially... How do I explain this? Well, okay, this is a situation much smarter than I am, so if I sound like I don't make a lot of sense, just run with it. Uh, It reacts off of uh, certain types of electromagnetic 
radiation commonly found in space, such as light, gravitation, magnetics, fusion energy, and it can actually absorb certain types of highly ionized uh, hydrogen and various other uh, gases in a plasma state to help sustain it even more. In other words, it actually absorbs, it photosynthesizes itself off of the natural space-bound radiation, and if it gets hungry, it can fly near a star enough or certain gas giants to take a bite, essentially, and use that material to continue fueling itself. So, helium. Helium, hydrogen, but again, high, highly ionized plasma-based of these materials. So it's not just like, you know... you know. It's an interstellar filter feeder. Sorry, what? It's an interstellar filter feeder. It's a big Seriously. whale. Yeah. Big whale. It's a star whale. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no more Doctor Who for you. Well, maybe. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we agreed to play in your game, not be tortured. So, uh... <laughs> While you guys are pondering this, I'm going to have to ask just for game's sake. But does anyone actually report to the group standing outside of what you found? Or are you just going to let them, you know, sweat it out? Uh, well, we've Mirgarat. only been in... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Mirgarat's going to gonna, gonna uh, report to the, report this. That's I, That seems reasonable. Okay. So... Ty, I mean, this is where you get informed that inside the gullet, as far as you're concerned, uh, besides the fact you're looking at this aperture going, there's teeth in there, isn't there? I'm going to get three feet in, and then I'm going to find teeth. And then I'm going to find skulls of the people who were stupid enough to walk in this thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. When you get a little, essentially a chime, that alerts you that not only is everything fine, but they found something of interest inside. Um, what? What is it? What could you have possibly found in there? We found the esophagus! I mean, yeah. Like, we knew that. I watched you walk in there. Is this like some kind of trick to try to get me to go in there? No. No. The thing is, is that this creature may be able to bring us home. Uh, it appears capable of traveling long distances through space. So it's a ship. Okay. Think early Boron Reto model type thing. I don't know. Mm, I'm really not an expert. All right. I'll come down, I guess. Okay. When you come down, the rest of the group uh, comes with you, mostly because... Yeah, you can guard out here all you like, but it's safer in there. They're going to go in there. It's also, you know, barren wasteland out here. And mm. uh, inside sounds better. <laughs> so you lead the uh, other <laughs> the other part of the group together. So now you have two groups instead of three. When that happens, again, you get a look. You go inside. You're seeing the walls, this bioluminescence going around. And you keep thinking, I'm going to get eaten. I'm going to get eaten. I swear to God, I'm going to get eaten. And I'm going to be really pissed about it. And then when the cavern opens up to this giant dome structure, almost immediately you recognize it. Because you're a trucker. You are a ship captain, a interstellar. You have been to every port in the in, in the universe and they share commonalities so does this mm-hmm 
You know, this is not just a, 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 a docking bay or a spaceport. This is also a manufactory. I mean, it, it, it looks like someone's, like H.R. Geiger's deluded uh, daydream about what a manufactory looks like, but it's still a factory. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but you recognize this almost immediately as some sort of, this is a docking bay, this is a port, and that thing, that massive trilobite-looking monstrosity, it's hooked up to a docking station. This is, that's a ship. As far as you're concerned, you don't know how to get in. You don't know if you want to get in. You don't know what it is or where it is, but it meets all the, if you squint a little hard, it's all looks like a ship manufactory and that's what that is, a ship. That's interesting. So I, can almost I don't know what Ty would do with this information. It's not like there's a control panel that she can just go start pushing buttons on. So <laughs> probably. So are you are you sure about that? I mean, do you want me to do a notice check? Because you know how those turn out. <laughs> well, it can't be worse than any. Let's all do a notice check. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I will allow okay. if you guys want to take in the environs and figure a few things out. Go ahead. I'll even do one general one for your compatriots. All right. So, seven. Rolled a 20. Natural hey. 20 plus 32 total. Go ahead uh, and... Damn! Dooley found the instruction manual. <laughs> <laughs> to whoever finds my child, please love her. This is her favorite binky. <laughs> 22. 22. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Niagarat found the on button. <laughs> Essentially, Ty comes over and goes, that's a ship. I don't know what to <laughs> do with that, but that's a ship. And everyone else just, well, let's, let's look around for clues and so forth. I didn't even bother rolling for everybody else because, you know, with that 32. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, damn. Mirgrat, yeah, I know. <laughs> Mirgrat, you found what could be considered... Uh, not manuals, but again, there's controls on it in a language you can't even comprehend. Ancient and visceral. It doesn't look like what you know about Yithian. It doesn't know what you look about, look like for anything that is in the usual written tongues of the species of the time. It is very alien. If you want to try to give me a linguistics check, you're welcome to try. Hey, uh, Mirgrad, did you bring your cameras? I did. Or you rather, indeed! I would never be without them. You should be recording this. Uh, I will get my camp. I will get one of my little drones out and recording, and I will also make a linguistics check. Okay. 18. Okay. 18. Very good modifier, but no, this is nowhere near anything you recognize. It's bizarre and strange and. It would be like trying to read cuneiform if all you've ever seen is uh, Japanese. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so there's that. Duli, on the other hand, as looking around, again, it's not so you found the manual, here you go. It's more of you found, well, essentially, um, a recording. 
there is you you look around you're looking like well that looks kind of like a console except it's kind of large and it's you know well okay if that's a console then over here would be you know probably controls over here and then that's got to be and you accidentally tap something and when you accidentally tap something a screen appears an actual screen and uh yeah and that point it's like uh guys (laughs) (laughs) um now this the screen looks like it's a small uh reference screen not unlike what you'd see with a decent sized computer if you guys were eight feet tall (laughs) so so and in this case it kind of about 40 inches across 45 inches across um and it's high up, so you everyone who looks at it has to kind of you know arc their heads a bit. But there is a being there that, as far as you can tell, starts talking at you, and it's talking in a trilling, piping voice that, again, makes no sense. It sounds like interesting jazz or like pan flutes that have decided it's going heavy metal, without the drums, and it's just kind of bizarre and weird but the face is also where again i probably should be asking for will saves but i'm not i'm just gonna run with it the face however starts spherical sort of it then emerges near the top into this starfish of it's what eye stalks each of the eye stalks has these red bulbous am i doing a thing again yeah a little bit Uh Okay, sorry. You're welcome to tell me. I'm more than happy to... Uh... Oh, because Dan likes to mention jazz a lot. Uh... <laughs> yeah, thank you, Becca. <laughs> uh... <laughs> hey, it's funny and relevant. That's the best it's... kind. <laughs> there you go. Uh, basically, yes, it's this... Uh, again, starts off kind of spherical, but then it juts out into a crown or a starfish of eye stalks, each of the eyes at the end of which are bulbous red objects uh, not unlike a crown's rubies but they're spherical they do kind of rotate almost in 360 degrees and the eyelids pull back entirely so they kind of look like red ping pong balls on pipes nope uh hmm nope no thank you (laughs) okay i'm gonna give everyone a memory intelligence check so in other words you're checking your memory uh, however, for Mirgrat specifically, whatever you roll, minus two. Pourquoi? Oh, oh, no, it's an intelligence check, so it's a bonus. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to roll under our intelligence. Correct. Oh, boy. Oh, do we got two? Good. And- yeah. Oh, I oh. failed the fuck out of that. You did, but it was a 22, which is like, oh, of all the times to roll a 20. Yeah. Uh, and Becca. Hella success. Okay. All right. Both Duli and Mirgrat recognize not it as a person, but it as a species. You have seen this thing before. Remember the major telepath telekinetic species that made a, a, a starship out of people with big fins and flew away yeah i didn't like that yeah <laughs> the suit that the person was wearing looks not unlike this it 
also looks a lot like one of the representations. This is the reason why my Mirgrat got the, the bonus on this. If you were to blur it out and make it look golden, it would look a lot like the entity in the amber that you absorbed during the end of season one. Oh, the thing that body snatched me that we had to play Monopoly with? Yes! <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> so, but it is giving instructions in some way or another, it has small tendrils around its barrel chest. And I mean barrel not as in, I'm buff, look at me, but more of in like, no, really, it's like somebody took a star fruit and made it, elongated it. That's, yes, that's pretty fruit. cool, I like that. Thank you. Uh, it also has very similar fans in the back that, again, look kind of like wings if wings were not designed to look like a dragon, but made to look like fans, like, like you know, Chinese fans or Southern fans. And they, you know, go up and down in the same manner. Uh, and it begins to, again, talk at whomever's listening. And you could tell based on the text at the bottom, which, yes, it's the same sort of text that Mirgrat saw earlier. This is some sort of instruction manual or report or notifications or something. It's an actual recorded message of importance for this location. And at one point, you do actually see, um, this also sounds a little stupid, but it's the only thing I can come up with, a cartoonish representation of the ship undoing itself in the docking clamps, the dome opening up, and it flying away. And I mean cartoonish, not in the Saturday morning cartoon, Donald Duck, uh, uh, Bugs Bunny cartoonish, but more like a... Uh, drawn representation of what you should be seeing. But yes, this, as far as you can tell, is um, a ship. Um, give me a sense motive, all three of you. You're welcome to do so. Oh, this is not going to be great. I only something I don't suck at. <laughs> I don't even know what my sense motive modifier is. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. I mean, it's not like it's a deck. Piece. 20. Oh, booyah! Sorcerer got a 20. Uh, Dooley, 23. And yep, Mirgrat is lost for words. Uh, that would uh, be my yeah. <laughs> I have this bizarre yep. feeling that Mirgrat is doing her, doing her best to not vomit at the sight of the being. Uh, no, no. I was just thinking mostly of trauma, like that thing was inside me, and I got to see it absorb other things. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna not listen. I'm, I'm over here. I'm, no. Listen, Goodbye. I mean, is Mirgorat suddenly inherently distrustful of this thing? Yes, but also Mirgorat recognizes that they're currently like inside. Listen, <sighs> sometimes you just have to go with the thrill of discovery. That is true. <laughs> That and let like that carry you. Basically, uh, the sense motive tells you that not only is this a bit of an instruction manual, but uh, Sorcerer, you kind of look at this going, hey, wait, this is an instruction. It is an instruction manual, kind of. It's pre-launch checks 
you recognize this as, oh, right, it's a reminder, do this, do that, do this, do that, then you can take off, got it. And some of the things it's asking for are bizarre and weird and you couldn't figure out what it was trying to say in the first place, but you know exactly this is essentially a step-by-step check manual for, oh, if you want to take this vessel out, this is how you do it. And some of the cartoonish representations of what you should do give you an idea. So, Ty, I also ask this of Dooley, do you have knowledge engineering? Uh, I don't think so. No, but hang on, because I think I have like a bonus to some check that has something to do with ships. Mm -hmm. A synergy? Um... Yeah, I have like a plus one bonus for technical checks if it involves a starship. Okay. I don't know how I would even roll for that. That'd be like uh, operations. Be... Now, uh, well, do you have operations starship? I'm assuming. Yeah, you do. pilot. Yeah, pilot. Okay, I will let you use that instead of engineering, uh, knowledge engineering, because I think this would apply in this case. See, I have a very small amount in operations pilot, but hopefully I won't need it. There you go. She's I, I have a small amount. She is 26, so she'll okay. beat anything I can roll. So you figured out, listening to this guy or this thing talk, um, the ship is sort of ready for departure, sort of being an operative word. What you can tell from a few of the details is that some things need to be added to the vessel before it can be prepared to move. And one thing that kind of comes up, again, you're kind of guessing. Um, I'm guessing you don't have linguistics at all, correct? Mm-mm. Okay. I mean, it's I have like a six in it, but I don't have any specific one. I just have like... Give me a linguistics check. Just, again, just sure. roll you know, d20 plus six and see what you get. 11. 11. Okay. So, again, you don't have a great idea of what this person's talking about, but you have a gist. Between the sense motive and this, you have the gist. And, again, also with the uh, operations. Dooley, you also get the general idea that this is some sort of step-by-step -step instruction manual, not unlike... Not unlike the BBC production of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Um, I do also have linguistics. Go for it. Uh, I mean, this isn't one of my specific languages, obviously, but... Um, 16. A little more. Not much. A little bit better. Um, between the two of you, what you kind of figured out is that, yes, this is a ship it is designed to be an interstellar ship so it is designed to go through space from one star system to the next without a problem you kind of get the feeling that it is adaptable but it shares one thing in common with uh shadow vessels which are also organic uh vorlon vessels are pretty much beings on their own they're mostly sentient they are uh not unlike having a massive pet or something else like that shadow vessels on the other hand require data cores and you can tell because there's an image of a map and be how it's being inserted 
there are data cores missing from this vessel because that's how it determines its function. It's given data cores mm. to determine its function and its functionality. Essentially, you have to plug in hard drives, pre-programmed hard drives for it to work properly. Okay, makes sense. But again, this is all massive supposition from what you can tell from the outside from this recording by an alien species that's not even remotely human or humanoid. Uh, <laughs> and so you're getting the gist of what it's trying to say. Well, all Ty does is guess what's supposed to be going on and hope it works out. So she's going to tell everybody to start kind of digging, like wandering around looking for things that might be a data core or a computer or another console, you know, something like that. Yeah. So go ahead and if you guys want to do a notice search or, uh, yeah, notice or investigate. Investigate's also good for the search in this one. Uh, yeah, that's actually worse. <laughs> Fine. Let's go. Oh, there you go. Sorcerer 20. Nice. Uh, Dooley 18. Not bad. And do we have a, uh, do we have a yes. Grat? Sorry, that's an investigate? Uh, I believe investigate will work because I'm trying to do a, a search. Oh, yes. Okay. Investigate checks to search an area. I get a bonus for that because I'm Pop Mara. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I could mm -hmm. pass right by it, not know what it is. So <laughs> again, this is all strange alien stuff, but yeah. 20. Okay. So both Sorcerer and Becca. Okay. By the way, for the record, I think it's hilarious that Sorcerer rolled a 17, got 20. <laughs> Becca got a seven and rolled a seven and got 20. So it's exactly 10 difference between the two of you. It's like, pardon me, my uh, ADHD brain went, ooh, that's funny. Um, so in this particular case, both of you kind of stumble across, uh, there are no actual cores that you're, you're, you're familiar with. Again, you're looking at alien technology, but, uh, Ty, you understand starports, and if you have things that are like information drives, you don't keep them that far from the vessel, but you don't want to keep them too close to the vessel. You don't want somebody to just grab one, jump in the ship and go, because then you're going to lose a ship. Mm. But you don't want them so far away that they're going to be a problem. Mm. So you kind of go, well, they've got to be in this area. Becca, on the other hand, thinks you think you may have found um what this data core might be because there is something here that doesn't look like the rest of them and there's a bit of a shelf where there's only one of these things on hand now the shelf itself is again uh a you know reddish material not unlike well meat that has a shellacking on it <laughs> hey if it has a shellacking on it then it's fine <laughs> exactly. But there's the thing about this thing that you think may be a data core. In fact, I'll, if you have knowledge engineering or even knowledge biology, I'll let you give a roll for this. I know you have knowledge biology. Mm -hmm. 16. <laughs> and you rolled a three and you still did pretty well. The thing is, is that it is a carapace covered thing. It, it kind of feels a little bit more like a seed or an egg for some strange species. Though, again, if you handle it, it probably feels more like a uh, like a uh, eggplant. But you do notice the neural 
tissue inside this carapace. Okay. <laughs> I found the brain. That's good, I think. Maybe. Um, gotta be on it. Okay, so I found the brain. <laughs> You're freaking out right now, aren't you? Listen, I'm a little out of my depth here. Like, Sorry. I'm sure Mirgrat would know what to do with this. Me, Becca, is a little bit like, okay, found the brain. <laughs> but yes, you did find essentially an eggplant, uh, a, a crystal clear eggplant filled with a gelatinous substance with, with wrinkles in it that just immediately say to you, this is neural tissue. That's a hell of an heirloom vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> do not saute do not saute oh, grief yeah you don't saute those you sous vide them so does Mirgrat show this to the group yes Mirgrat shows this to the group <laughs> so Mirgrat again goes up I think I found excuse me I think I found something the rest of the group again come over to take a look at it and uh, Yorni looks over, goes, "That that looks like brain in a in a in a jati fruit." Um, did you're I very still with your identification of this brain. Please explain to me the nature of the fruit to which you are comparing it. We are not talking about that. Um, did I see anything <laughs> resembling this? Damn, video? <laughs> We're not talking about vegetables today. <laughs> <laughs> Ties on fishing. Um, oh my goodness! The video does indicate again. You're talking about it needs some sort of neuro, uh, needs some sort of data core, and if when you get down to it, what is neur a neural tissue? It's data core. All right. Did the video like show me how to plug it in in any way or what? No, no. It just basically was kind of a reminder. Don't forget, when you know, put on your safety belt. Make sure all. Uh, Hazard lights are off. Install the brain. Um, yeah, okay. Super helpful. Uh, I guess someone could ask it if it knows what to do with this thing. Someone who's a telepath, so not me. <clears throat> me. Well, considering there's only one telepath amongst you. Yeah, I will. I will do that. I assume you want me to make a telepathy check. Yep. 24. All right. So you kind of do the whole, um, um, is this yours? Uh, <laughs> uh excuse me. Uh, I believe what you mean is, pardon me. I believe I have found your brain. Please confirm. <laughs> so as you said this telepathically, the song comes back of, oh, is that what that is? So small. Is that all? Big burn. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't know how to plug it in. Okay, that's helpful. Actually, what it says is, is that all? That's not so much the, it, you know, do you know how to plug this in or not? It was just the, oh, is that all? That's all you have? Let's get how to plug it in. Okay. Well, if if you would, it does. Oh, if you you want to install, then I I I, I it's my function. 
my function. A part of what you would consider to be its rib cage, probably about, I have to do measurements in my head, great. Uh, probably about a hundred yards down its carapace, down its body. Um, essentially something segments itself off into a ramp structure that also kind of ripples a bit into a staircase. And it uh, looks like it goes into some sort of opening inside the bioship. Hmm. All right. Um, I mean, I'm assuming I can't really reach it, so I should find a ladder maybe, but... Oh, no, the, 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 this goes all the way down to the ground. You can literally walk into this thing right now. Breaking um, up again. Oof. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Uh, and I was literally two feet away. Uh, all right. I walk on yeah. in there to see if I can see where to install the brain. Okay. So you take the brain from Mirgrat and going mm. in. And you, once you get to the top, once you get inside, suddenly, again, a bioluminescence appears. Now, it's not the usual high. It's kind of this milky blue or ultraviolet or... Uh, you know, uh, danger red. It is actually quite nice, bright. Again, it's got a little bit of an orange undertone, but not like, hi, we're in, we're from a red sun. It's more of the, if our own sun had adjusted frequency a little bit. And this seems to be coming out through, uh, the floor, through the ceiling, most of which is not cylindrical because it's not that perfectly round, but. It is arching. In other words, it's got a flat surface and curves that go up. And there are apertures along this hallway for a term. Uh, and when you, you know, go up there, you kind of go, what do I do with this? And a, a pulsing light. Again, it, pulsing is very much the word because it feels like you're, it's traveling, traveling along a vein or an artery on the side of the corridor you know that kind of it doesn't go in a straight line it kind of jiggles a little bit up and down mm -hmm. it kind of you know goes in a direction and it kind of pulses again in that direction and i'm assuming you follow the, the light yes well yeah i mean okay so you follow it and you actually don't get too far uh ahead you're going more towards its front as far as you can tell um but it kind of the light takes you off to a side part where there is not just a massive neural net. I mean, you could, it, I mean, you walk into this room for lack of a term and the whole thing is just ringed in uh, neural energy. Essentially, okay. You know, when you look at sci-fi stuff and they say, well, here's an image of the brain and they have this, you know, weird web of lights that go all around from diode, node, node, node in this yes. kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Imagine that being projected on a, uh, uh octagonal, sorry, uh, 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 an oblong room with an arched ceiling. Um, however, the pulses go to this you know, around to various things, but you do notice that at the other end of the room, there is about 12 open spaces. And one of the spaces is probably big enough to fit, actually they're all pretty big, but one looks just about the right size for that eggplant. 
Um, all right, uh, yeah, I'll just pop it on in there, I guess. Okay, and the great thing about this eggplant is that once you kind of like, I don't know, just kind of put it in there, the aperture seals up like a, like, you know, flesh over a wound. And immediately it, the, the pulsings from that begin to accelerate. And uh, you can definitely tell the, the, the activity in this room is a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes, and you realize it's trying to talk, but it's trying to talk in the language of that thing on the projection. And it is actually not just a telepathic thing. You can feel it talking, like through the floorboards. Uh, Well, I can't understand that, obviously, so I'm just going to ignore it and... (laughs) I guess do the next thing on the pre-flight checklist, whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Well, um... Ty is kind of uh, out of her depth here. Give me, uh, go ahead and uh, give me another intelligence check, Ty. Oh. Six. Six. Okay, good. So, you step out of that room for a bit, and you're going to go, well, if I was a bridge, where would I be? Okay, yeah. You end up following the corridor to the front. Now, there's a couple of levels here, and you can tell there's obviously a way down to a lower level and a way up to the upper level. And just taking your own instinct, you go to the upper level. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the upper level, um, there is a room that initially looked kind of bleak and bare. And... At one point, you just kind of look up and go, huh, this should be the bridge, right? And you hear a in front of you, the room expands. As it expands, it leaves behind stalactites of uh, material, stalagmites of material that push up and kind of form and gel into what looks to be some sort of couch some chairs, some, you would initially take it to be a console of some type. And in front of you, this massive window opens. And not just as in like, it opens, you can now breathe the air, but as in like, it was nothing before. And now it's like something opened an eye. And now you can see out in uh, a 270 direction. Sweet. Okay. That's not Um... stressing at all. (laughs) I wave to Mirgrat and everybody else outside like a fucking idiot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mirgrat waves back, obviously. So, um, you're like, hi! And Mirgrat's like, what the hell? And Mirgrat's like, hi! Yeah, literally um, that. Yeah, straight. So, but yeah, Kaluta, you know, looks over, crosses his arms. This is most interesting. Yes. So, do we go for the adventure? Yes! Uh, Let us do so! Um, the only person who looks kind of nervous is Yorni when she looks up at this thing. And she's like, I... Wow. Um, uh, okay. Um, I guess... Uh, let's go. Let, let's go. And everybody, uh, Dooley, what is your reaction to all this? Yeah. I think we need to talk more to the creature. 
Uh, yeah, Ty is going to insist that she does what if, all the pre-flight checks as much as she can figure out how to do them. It's just a thing she has. What if it doesn't want to go? Don't care. Uh, I do. Okay, well, you do that. I'll do this. And yeah, everybody else can do whatever they want, I guess. Just wait. Okay, this is a good one. Ty, give me a will save. And you'll understand in a second. See how you do. 18. 18. Okay. So you sit at one of the chairs. Now, the chairs itself are kind of like... They look like like large oval 1970s disco chairs uh, from the not-so-distant future that have been draped in... Uh, red and pink cloth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, drapes down to, to the base where it kind of merges with the floor. Yeah. But they're comfortable enough to sit in and, you you know, it's got a bit of a headrest. So you and you can kind of see that if you were to do X, Y, and Z, you could get straps on. So at least you felt like you were secured. You go to the console and you kind of go, oh, I wish I had the controls laid out like how I used to have them. And this is the reason I had you do the will save because as you kind of like move your hands over this table, the controls or facsimiles of those controls start to emerge. Buttons come up like, if you'll excuse the phrase, looking like pimples, those little raised bits or uh, and uh, anything that looks like a knob or a lever comes out looking like hair or a follicle or something else like that. But after taking a moment and, you know, probably looking at this in absolute horror, you start to realize that this is a meat equivalent of ex- the exact layout you were hoping for. Gross, but I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, but good. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that as a review of one of my movies, but Perhaps don't let that stop you from joining us again next time on Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story where you'll get to find out more disgusting things that are going to happen. In the meantime, if you want to see more disgusting things that are going to happen, I've already ordered my meal. Would you like to join me? No, I didn't think so either. Thank you anyway. Now, be gone with you. I have to eat. And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Odyssey, a Babylon 5 RPG podcast or Reddit, r slash odysseyb5. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Straczynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Media. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing utilizing the OGL gaming license for D20. Our audio engineer is Gabriel Belden. Our theme music, Titan Striker, was composed by Evan King. Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. All other music provided by Creative Commons license and is available of information on our website. Once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.